Hi everyone, it's Pastor Lars here from Lord of Grace Lutheran Church in Marana, Arizona. Thanks for tuning in today as we continue our meditations on the Psalms. Today, we're going to, I'm going to look at Psalm 5. We're going to look at Psalm 5 as we continue working our way through. So get out your Bibles. We're, I'm going to read through the Psalm itself. Uh, if you're listening in your car and you don't have a Bible in front of you, I'm going to read through the Psalm and then I'll share some thoughts. So here we go. Psalm 5, it has a little header. To the leader for the flutes, a psalm of David. So apparently this psalm is intended to be sung with flute accompaniment. Interesting. Um, it says, Give ear to my words, O Lord. Give heed to my sighing. Listen to the sound of my cry. My King and my God, for to you I pray. O Lord, in the morning you hear my voice. In the morning I plead my case to you and watch. For you are not a God who delights in wickedness. Evil will not sojourn with you. The boastful will not stand before your eyes. You hate all evildoers. You destroy those who speak lies. The Lord abhors the bloodthirsty and deceitful. But I, through the abundance of your steadfast love, will enter your house. I will bow down toward your holy temple in awe of you. Lead me, O Lord, in your righteousness. Because of my enemies, make your way straight before me. For there is no truth in their mouths. Their hearts are destruction. Their throats are open graves. They flatter with their tongues. Make them beat or bear their guilt, O God. Let them fall by their own counsels. Because of their many transgressions, cast them out, for they have rebelled against you. But let all who take refuge in you rejoice. Let them ever sing for joy. Spread your protection over them so that those who love your name may exalt in you. For you bless the righteous, O Lord. You cover them with favor as with a shield. And that ends our, our psalm. That's Psalm 5. Uh, we're still in some of the shorter ones, so I can still read the whole thing. So Psalm 5. Uh, the, the line that stuck out with me, I'll start by pointing out one particular line that stuck out because this is one that I thought was kind of relevant today. Verse 4. You are not a God who delights in wickedness. Evil will not sojourn with you. The boastful will not stand before your eyes. That line, you do not delight in wickedness. Again, you know, you sit and you think of this and you go, who delights in wickedness? We're all good, aren't we? Isn't, aren't we all good people? Don't we all delight in goodness? Who actually delights in wickedness? That's silly. Nobody does that. And yet, when you start to see partisan competition in things, when you see tribes divided against each other, when you see people feeling like they're very threatened, and along comes somebody who promises to be their savior, sort of a false messiah comes along. And the false messiah 
the leader, the savior, the champion, whatever you want to call this person. When that person comes along, one of the things that they often do is they rally support of people by building a, a giant uh, threat of fear of a common enemy. There's some group, there's somebody who is, that person is out to get you and that person is the dangerous other that you need to be afraid of and you need to be careful of. But there's another side to that too. And the flip side is not just be afraid. It's that I'm going to be mean to them and we're going to rejoice in their suffering because at some level in our minds, we, kinda, we think that they're the ones making us suffer, so they probably deserve it. And so we put our force behind a champion who's going to stand up and promise to save us from this enemy, who this champion will then be as wicked as possible to, and we will take delight in it. And we'll laugh together and cheer together and celebrate together over the suffering and the pain and the hurt of that terrible other group whoever they are. And this is a common dynamic where people take delight in wickedness. We all say that we're good people, but when it comes to being wicked towards those people who are wicked to us, then we don't, then we kind of aren't so sure maybe wickedness is something that's kind of fun. Or maybe it is kind of funny to watch them, you know, go down. Hollywood does this all the time with movies, right? Whenever the wicked person goes down and the wicked person has wicked things done to them, we celebrate it. We make, what there was that whole TV show, Dexter, the guy ran around killing people. But you didn't feel bad because, well, they were bad people he killed. Instead of going through the criminal justice system, we took delight in wickedness. When we see a terrorist blow up a bomb in one of the places of our enemies and we cheer, we take delight in wickedness. And we do it almost from a visceral level without saying that's what we're doing or realizing that's what we're doing or realizing that's why we're laughing at the joke at someone's expense is because what we're doing is we're taking delight in wickedness. And yet, this is not the way of God. The way of God is to take no delight in wickedness because the Lord takes no delight in wickedness. The Lord doesn't even take delight in wickedness towards the wicked. And this is the Psalms where God spends a lot of time punishing and pouring out wrath on those who are wicked. And yet, God does not delight in that wickedness. God does not take delight in, in wickedness. And evil doesn't sojourn with God. So God doesn't make alliances with evil. God doesn't make arrangements with evil. He doesn't make bargains with evil. It isn't the, the, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. For God, there is only God. He doesn't make alliances with evil. God simply takes care of those. And so what does it say in verse 6? You destroy those who speak lies. So God takes care of them. So this isn't a vision of a, you know, sort of a detached God who just watches things happen and goes, oh, this is a God who intervenes. 
but not a God who sits and celebrates wickedness. He doesn't take delight in this. But, but, what is the counter to that? Verse 11. But let all who take refuge in you rejoice. Let them ever sing for joy. Spread your protection over them so that those who love you, who love your name, may exalt in you. So what is the counter to delighting in wickedness? It's taking joy in the Lord. If, if my heart is really filled with the joy of the Lord, then I'm not, my heart isn't filled with this anger that, that takes a sort of demonic glee and, and, and giggles and goes, bah-ha-ha, or some version of that, when sees wickedness. My heart sings for joy because of what God has done. And because I have that joy, wickedness looks, doesn't look joyful, it just looks wicked. And it looks wicked because I have the comparison. Because I have the Lord's joy in my heart, and that's what I feel naturally. When I see wickedness, even against the wicked, it, ha it has a different reaction in me. It seems bad. It has a bad taste. It looks bad. It sort of viscerally repulses me. But it doesn't Wickedness doesn't viscerally repulse you if your heart is filled with anger and rage and hate, but a heart that is filled with joy, a heart that takes refuge in the Lord and rejoices in the Lord, who spreads his protection over them, that heart does not take delight in wickedness. So that's my thoughts on Psalm 5 for today. Uh, thank you all for tuning in. I hope you have a great week. We'll see you next time. God bless.